0: Good morning and welcome to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 1075 and AM 1240. And uh, of course, I got some big news this morning is that the Saints, for the first time in 10 years, are 2 and 0 in the National Football League. So uh, with that, with a big game last night. Don... H- hard
1: to believe, too, because. You know, they've had some pretty successful years, uh, those last three or four years uh, where they made the playoffs under Sean Payton. Uh, you would have thought one of those years they would have begun 2-0. and
0: But, you know, uh, it seemed like <laughs> – to me, in the last few years, when they headed, headed to Carolina for their second game, they got embarrassed in a few of those games, uh, especially the year after uh, Drew Brees retired, uh, Jameis Winston, who had a – was it that week uh, or the week before they beat the Packers, the snot out the Packers in – uh, where was it, uh, Jacksonville? Because they had to move the game because of the hurricane, I know, right, right, yeah. And they just beat the Packers like thirty-eight to three or something like that, just a beatdown that night. And the next week they head to Carolina, uh, and they get the snot knocked out of them as the Panthers embarrassed them uh, early and often. But uh, with that last night, uh, the Saints uh, kind of sluggish. Um, I don't know. I'm still not sold on Derek Carr just yet. He he has his moments, so. Uh, but a couple uh, really fine catches, uh, especially by Olave, who uh, just caught a big ball down the sideline again. Uh, Rashid Shahid uh, with another big catch, and uh, the Saints uh, pull out a 20 to 17 win over the Carolina Panthers. And. Uh, Bryce Young, he he needs some help uh, with regards to uh, the offensive line. The Saints had four sacks against him, hurried it constantly during the game. Uh, Of course, believe it or not, I think he was the leading rusher for the uh, the, uh, Carolina Panthers last night as uh, he had one big run. Uh, of approximately 26 yards. Well, he was second. Sanders, uh, who they picked up from uh, Philadelphia, had 14 carries for 43 yards. His long run was 13. Of course, Young had two carries for 34 yards. His long was 26 uh, during the second half uh, of that game. He was 22 out of 33 for 153 yards and a score quarterback rating of 87 uh, 1. And I, I just felt that uh, throughout the course of the night, I thought the Saints harassed him. Uh, and I'm trying to still realize or understand, is the Saints' defense really that good? Or the two opponents, you know, the interceptor, yeah, Channing Hill, three times.
1: A little bit of uh, both. Yeah. I think they are good. I thought they should have been. Uh, they went into last season. We thought they'd be much better than they were. But uh, it's it's a pretty good unit. Uh, but but also the uh, opponents have not
0: been the, the toughest. No, of course, uh, the Saints head to Green Bay this coming week to take on the Packers, who, uh, who uh, are interesting to see how they'll uh, they'll play out. But, meanwhile, Carr last night was 21 out of 36, 228 yards, no touchdowns. But with a pick, he had a quarterback rating of 65.5 with that. Of course, uh, Tyson Hill comes in, completes his one pass for eight yards. Uh, and he also rushes nine times for 75 yards. I thought he was used well. He, he you, did. You I know, did in, in
1: spots uh, and not always running the ball, handing it off on occasion because you got to mix it up. You can't put him there and just uh, let defenses think, well, he's in the game. He's going to run the ball. No, uh, you, you got to mix it up.
0: Yeah, and uh, with that, of course, uh, Michael Thomas has another decent game, seven catches for 55 yards. He was targeted nine times. Olave, six catches, 86 yards, along with that 42-yard spectacular grab, that one-handed grab. uh, uh, Fell for sure when he hit the ground, he'd lose it but held on to it. Uh, Shahid also with four catches for 63 yards, and that 45-yarder, that big one, uh, he was uh, targeted four times. He caught four balls for 63 yards. So, uh, Morrow uh you know seeing action uh good to see him on the field two catches for 20 yards his long was 14 uh and uh, jamal williams uh nine carries 29 yards of course tony jones jr with two touchdowns uh both uh, uh up the gut or right off tackle uh he had 12 carries for 34 yards and uh, of course the uh, the evening uh, uh just you wonder how um uh, the Saints are uh, uh, going to uh, look. The, the you know the halftime score I think was uh, was it six to three? I do believe uh, for the halftime score. As the Saints uh, just uh, trying to get something going in the first half, had a couple opportunities to score, but stalled down in the red zone, uh, as I mentioned. But uh, the young kicker uh, comes through for the Saints uh, with. Uh, a couple of nice field goals uh, early in the game, and uh, the Saints go on in the second half to push a couple of touchdowns across and one each in the third and fourth quarter to win that ball game 20-17. Uh, to 17. The Saints, uh, you know, did pretty well. They only gave up a total of uh, 239 yards to Carolina, but Bryce Young, uh, his size, uh, I'm not sold on him either, for that matter of fact. So, uh, you
1: he not look skinny like a 16-year-old kid out there. I mean, no chest at all, uh, and I really was amazed. I didn't notice that in college, and I don't know why. Uh, maybe because he looked
0: more like a college player, but uh, yeah, I, I'd be a little concerned. I, yeah, I mean, got
1: to get him in the weight
0: room. Yeah, not a big guy at all. Of course, they Alabama listed him at six foot, uh, I think one hundred and ninety-five, two hundred pounds. Uh, they say he's five ten and a half in the one ninety, one eighty-five, one ninety range. And like he said, uh, he he pretty much looked at last night with those monsters chasing him all around the field. Time of possession last night, the Saints uh, a big advantage over five minutes thirty two forty nine to twenty seven eleven. Saints had three hundred forty one yards of total offense, hundred thirty four rushing, two hundred seven passing. Of course, Carr was sacked four times too. Uh, I feel like sometimes he might hold on to the ball just a little bit. Too long, of course, Drew Brees was so small for 15, 16 years where he took the snap and the ball was out of his hand in two to three seconds. He didn't hold it long. Uh, uh, elsewhere, the Saints uh, uh, first out first down of 23 to 14. There were Saints 7 of 16 on third down conversions. Pretty good. Uh, meanwhile, Carolina, 14, uh, four out of 14. Uh, of course, Carolina did convert that uh, fourth down late in the game uh, to keep a, a drive going uh, saints with only three penalties. That's a far cry from where they were last week and during the preseason. Uh, and, you know, I can honestly say, I didn't follow that much of Trevor pinning Jeff. I, I, how did yeah, you I, I, Yeah. Same there. Yeah. yeah. I didn't, I didn't uh, speculate of course, uh, trying to see, uh, with cars, uh, four sacks was, uh, Trevor pinning the, uh, opponent not to, uh, block his man. So, uh, Anyway, in the meantime, uh, Saints uh, uh one turnover along with uh, Carolina, one that one fumble that they lost. Uh, Saints punted five times, so did Carolina five times. Uh, but the game, uh, Saints come out on top uh, by a score of 20-17 and pretty much a push. I'm pretty sure they were favored by three in that game out on the uh, uh, East Coast uh, against uh, Carolina and Charlotte. It
1: uh, Re- really uh, was disappointing. I thought um, after a week, uh, you know, Obviously, the the first team, uh, that unit, didn't play that much in the preseason. I thought uh, after kind of a shaky uh, start, uh, nice that they got a win last week, but having trouble getting it into the end zone, I I thought maybe um, they would have gelled a little bit more. uh, And against this rookie quarterback, I really thought that they should have been a 10-17 point uh, winner last night. Missed some opportunities. Uh, Again, you come away with an ugly win uh, on the road in the NFL. I mean, they're still NFL players, even if they aren't the the strongest NFL team. You know, it's it's a nice win. Uh, you're two and zero. You you feel good about that, but I thought it could have been more decisive.
0: Yeah, I did too. I felt the same way. I thought the Saints. I thought the defense would play pretty well. Carolina, since uh, McCaffrey left and went on to the West Coast to play with the Forty ers that he uh, was one big threat they had uh, moving the football. Uh, Still not sold on uh, Bryce Young as uh, an NFL quarterback. Time will tell whether or not uh, I'm accurate in that. But uh, in the meantime, the second game uh, last night, the doubleheader uh, on Monday Night Football, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers score a couple defensive touchdowns <laughs> to get past uh, the Cleveland Browns. But the big news out of Cleveland, uh, or I should say uh, with the Browns team, is the injury to Chubb. And uh, they said it looks like a season-ending injury uh, with the knee. Yeah, everything I've seen suggests that yeah so uh, just bad news for the uh, Browns uh, fans and team as uh, Watson had a decent night not a great night uh, he was 20 out of 40 22 out of 40 for 235 yards a touchdown and an interception meanwhile Ford was their leading rusher 16 carries for 106 yards uh, with a 69 yarder in the game of course uh, Chubb uh, with that injury, he had ten carries for sixty-four yards. Was his longest? He's not 20. faking that
1: injury, is he? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't uh, either. I think I, he, and there, apparently, the NFL has filed a complaint against the Players Association that the Players Association has talked about faking injuries for running backs to get them. And that's why I mentioned oh, that, okay. of course. Uh, but, uh, yeah, the NFL has actually filed
0: uh, a claim against the
1: Players Association about faking injuries.
0: Yeah, and, you know, a lot of times that's done uh, to give the defense a rest or get the team uh, a little – and I've seen that done in the collegiate game, too. You can say what you want, but uh, – Well, this w- this would be more so to miss games, not just oh, okay, to buy some okay. time, but for
1: a uh, running back to say, you know, I'm, I'm not going to play this week because I'm hurt. Yeah. Uh, but really it's kind of a, like a mini-strike.
0: Uh, anyway, Jerome Ford uh, ends up uh, uh, rushing for over 100 yards for the uh, Browns. But uh, Pittsburgh gets a couple uh, defensive touchdowns, uh, 30-yard pick six. Uh, and then uh, T.J. Watt uh, picks up a fumble and returns it, 16 yards for a touchdown. Uh, and they get a couple uh, 50-yard field goals out of Boswell uh, to beat the Browns last night, 26-22. to And uh, uh, the Steelers, again, a uh, uh, young quarterback uh, Pickett. Uh, Kenny Pickett, uh, not sold on him either uh, in that regard. Uh, Of course, Pittsburgh fans uh, live and die by their defense uh, for many years. Pickett was 15 out of 30 for 222 yards with a touchdown uh, along with a a one interception. Uh, Harris, uh, Najee Harris, rushes 10 times for 43 yards, followed by Warren, who – A lot of these fantasy uh, gurus said uh, to sit Harris and play Warren. Uh, Harris carries it 10 times for 43 yards, a long of 21, while Warren was 6 out of 20 with uh, his long run of 8 yards. And uh, with that, um, uh, of course, a one big score by the Steelers uh, on a long pass play to Pickens from Pickett. uh, He had four catches for 127 yards and a score, of course, that 71-yard touchdown pass. Uh, kept the Steelers uh, kind of in the game, but in the meantime, two uh, defensive touchdowns as the Steelers go on to win a big uh, big game at home uh, to open their season uh, with a defeat of an in-state, uh, I should say, uh, not an in-state, but an in-division rival in the uh, Cleveland uh, Browns, so uh, with that... Uh, uh, football, uh, NFL action. Of course, the Saints, uh, this particular weekend will travel to Green Bay and it's not cold up there to my knowledge up on, uh, in Green Bay, uh, as the Saints, a journey up there, Green Bay, a two and a half point pick in that game. Of course, the young quarterback, Jordan Love, uh, doing a pretty good job for the Packers so far in place of, uh, who is now uh, out for the season with a torn Achilles, Aaron Rodgers for the Jets. But, uh, Jordan Love looked pretty good and he's... First couple games, uh, we're going to see him as the Packers come in one and one, and the Saints are two and zero. That's going to be a noon kickoff uh, on uh, Fox uh, this coming uh, uh, Sunday. So, uh, Saint fans, uh, beware and see how the Saints will do. In the meantime, um, other interesting games: the Giants one and one. They'll be at San Francisco, Tennessee's at Cleveland. Each is one and one. Atlanta takes their two and zero record up to Detroit to play the Lions, who are one and one. Denver takes on Miami. Miami 2 and 0, Denver 0 and 2, Sean Payton, let's see. Uh, Miami's a touchdown pick in that game. Uh, let's see if Sean Payton can get in the win column. Meanwhile, the Chargers will be at Minnesota. Both teams are 0 and 2. New England 0 and 2 at 1 and 1 Jets, Buffalo 1 and 1 at 2 and 0, the Washington Commanders are 2 and 0. Houston 0 and 2 takes on Jacksonville 1 and 1. Indianapolis at 1 and 1 heads to Baltimore to play the 2 and 0 Baltimore Ravens. Carolina 0 and 2 heads to Seattle who's 1 1. The Bears uh, head to Kansas City take on the Chiefs. The Bears are zero and two. The Chiefs they've been playing
1: possum these first two games. Uh, They're they're going to show themselves though at
0: Kansas City. Well, let's hope uh, Justin Fields can uh, find the end zone. Uh, The Kansas City's just about a two touchdown pick, a thirteen point pick Mm -hmm. over the Bears uh, this coming week in Kansas City. Meanwhile, the Cowboys uh, go to Arizona to take on 0-2 Arizona. The Cowboys right now playing probably the best football in the NFL. Uh, their defense uh, is just swarming. Uh, we'll see how uh, they look against Arizona, who's pretty down this year right now with uh, their quarterbacks. Uh, anyway, Pittsburgh travels to Las Vegas. Both teams are one and one. Uh, that's a late Sunday night game, the, the late Monday night games. We've got two again as Philadelphia heads to Tampa Bay. Uh, to take on the Bucks, both teams are two and zero. That'll be the six fifteen start on ESPN, and then the, the ABC game at seven fifteen Monday night. It'll be the Rams who are one and one at Cincinnati, who is zero and two. And let's see if uh, Joe Burrow can get off the snide right now. Yeah, let's we'll see if he even plays. Yeah,
1: he's still uh, dealing uh, the calf. Apparently, yesterday uh, reported very sore, and there was some doubt uh, whether or not he plays. So we'll see. And, you know, you're seeing another Monday night doubleheader. That um, was on the schedule, but what uh, you're going to see more of, not necessarily doubleheaders, but more simulcasts. ABC looking for programming because the writers strike, the actors strike. They're going to be simulcasting more of these Monday night games. Um, That would have been on ESPN uh, or ESPN2 with the Manning cast, but ABC uh, looking for programming. They're going to be simulcasting some of these uh, more Monday night games than they would have.
0: Yeah, it's just uh, pretty uh, interesting how uh, all that's taken place, too, with uh, those strikes and, and uh, with that. But uh, in the meantime, I, I saw this little fact, and it's uh, just hard to believe it's never happened before. Uh, with regards to the collegiate game this past weekend, LSU, Tulane, UL, and the Saints – all won away from home this weekend, mm. and that's never happened before. Uh, again,
1: you, you got to get them all on the road the same weekend to begin with. But yeah, that—I uh, mean—some uh, of those programs have not had great histories, so.
0: you know. So, I mean, LSU, Tulane, and UL, along with the Saints, all went on the road the same weekend. Uh, that's never, ever happened before. Of course, you got to go back. Uh, of course, Who the Saints, digs that up? Yeah, I don't know, but I saw that somewhere by uh, somebody looking up at those numbers. And, uh, of course, the Saints have been in existence since uh, September of 67. Of course, the colleges have been playing uh, back in the 1890s. Of course, uh, they've probably had a few weekends where UL, Tulane, and LSU all went on the road. But the, with the Saints uh, capping it off, just uh, unbelievable uh, in that regard. So uh, anyway, uh, just a little fast, fast fact I saw in that. So anyway, Nick Chubb, you know, suffered that season-ending injury. Just uh, just unbelievable. Yeah, uh,
1: until the end. And it's unfortunate that uh, you start to see things uh, when a player is injured or for whatever reason a player is highlighted, you start to learn a little bit more about him. His yards per carry numbers are insane. Yes. Just insane.
0: Yes. And uh, a fine football player, too, but uh, no longer as a season-ending injury. Just other quick news last night. Uh, Adam Wainwright. Final yes. one is 200th game. Uh,
1: and and he beat Milwaukee, which I needed. Yeah, I which did was quite even well. better.
0: Um, and uh, pitched well too, and had it came into the game with an ERA of like eight. I know, and yeah. uh, just had a really tough year. Won his one hundred ninety ninth within the week, also his last start. And uh, 200 wins, and uh, that's a milestone. He's the third Cardinal in the history of that organization to win 200 games. Of course. course, uh, the late, great Bob Gibson won 251. And Jesse Haynes, who was a I don't believe Gibson didn't win 300.
1: He yeah. is dominating as he was, and he, he pitched for a long time. He, he did. He, uh,
0: he did, uh, but he was so dominant, uh, I'd say, from uh, his fastball. I saw him pitching the Astrodome one night, and uh, – I mean he could bring it, and he he just he was one of those guys that just when he pitched he wasn 't a happy camper, just mad at the world when he pitched and uh could be intimidating too and uh, uh he threw a, probably a ninety five ninety six mile an hour fastball back in the day but his his uh slider was just uh, uncanny i mean uh, the break in that slider uh from ten to four something of that nature uh or two to uh two to eight whatever right hander but uh he was just amazing uh Uh, With that, remember one night went up after he got beat two to nothing by the Astros. One night I could have been a teenager asking him for his autograph. He told me to get lost, Mm. (laughs) just like that. Get lost, son. (laughs) Anyway, uh, Bob Gibson, uh, one of the uh, baseball greats. Anyway, meantime too, I don't know if you saw this, Jeff, but the New York Times is shutting down their sports department.
1: Yeah, that was announced quite some time ago. They Uh, co-own the athletic
0: they bought them for like a half a billion dollars years ago it's
1: it's not as if you're never going to see sports in the new york times they'll they'll share some stuff from the athletic uh, but it is still for a major newspaper and and granted they're almost a national newspaper it's uh, i've got a subscription to the new york times uh, at least online but but uh, the, the finances of, of newspapers—it's tough, uh, tougher and tougher. Uh, yeah. The the competing—I mean, we see it uh, as we uh, try and sell advertising. There's so much competition out there that um, I get it. Um, you got to share those resources, especially if you already own them.
0: Yeah, and basically, their first uh, sporting uh, uh, when they got into sports was covering the uh, original uh, uh, Olympics in 1896, and so after 127 years, Monday. Later, they shut it down. Anyway. Um, yeah,
1: one, speaking of finances, I was watching the ESPN pregame, of uh-huh. the Saints game, and I thought to myself, uh, I think that the people who are remaining at ESPN, the, because they've had a lot of major uh, cutbacks, uh, a lot of people have been yes. let go. I think the ones who remain have to wax the floors. Did you notice how shiny the studio floors are? And, and I'm just thinking, yeah. The ones who remain are, have to wax those floors, too. Oh,
0: yeah. I'm sure doing double duty in a lot oh, of instances uh, with their salaries. They're paying some of them. Also, just uh, before we take our first break, I saw what Patrick Mahomes uh, has a new deal. He has agreed to restructure his contract that will pay him $210.6 million in guaranteed money between 2023 and 2026. And uh, probably opening up a little room to uh, with regards to, uh, you know, having them, uh, the Chiefs, more availability to sign more players uh, in the free agent market. so uh,
1: you, you wonder what he's seen in the last couple of games that make him feel like we better make some <laughs> cap space. <you> know? <laughs>
0: what, what is he seeing? Uh, you're right. Uh, what is he seeing? Anyway, time to take our first break here. You're listening to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. We'll be back with more right after this athletic field provides
2: challenges that test a competitor it is in that challenge that you realize you can accomplish things you have never thought you could accomplish i am jacob lander and i'm running for state representative in district 49 i've created hundreds of jobs good paying jobs that families can build prosperous lives based on those jobs this is my challenge and i need your help your vote and your support will ignite a bright new future for all of us
3: Paid for by the Jacob Landry for Louisiana campaign.
4: Is it time for a new roof or to repair the old one? Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with L.A. Classic Roofing. We're a third-generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at L.A. Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. L.A. Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. With more than 50 years of pain diagnosis and pain relief
1: experience, Headache and Pain Center offers the latest in interventional pain relief techniques at two locations in Gray and here in New Iberia. Compassionate board certified physicians and the caring staff offer minimally invasive of ultrasound and fluoroscopy guided procedures that diminish or eliminate pain without open surgery opioids or major downtime when you're in pain you know who to call at a Pain center 337-560-0880 or go to answer nowadays
5: none of us can be without adequate insurance coverage but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money that's why so many people call the schwing insurance agency to get a quote the schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years you can depend on swing insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price so before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one call the swing insurance agency for a quote at 365-2357
3: swing insurance 300 east main across from the shadows now back to bayou sports
0: on the all-new KANE 107.5 Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on a big uh, Tuesday, September the nineteenth, and on the line with his his head football coach of the Lorville Tigers, uh, Coach Terry Morgan. Good morning, Coach, and welcome to the show.
6: Good morning, y'all. How y'all doing?
0: So far, so good. It's still early, though, Coach. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Tigers, uh, of course, take on a, a, a VC Catholic team. Uh, uh, Last week, and uh, I say this with tongue in cheek, and that uh, is Vermilion Catholic, the district champ of eight yeah, to eight.
6: That's kind of funny. Uh, I didn't realize that until I think uh, Jeff might have said Saturday morning uh, that you know they, they played three of the teams in our district, and you know I, honestly, all really good games. Uh, you know they, they've just you know so far. I think I might have said it before we played them. They just they know how to win, and they expect to win. And uh, you know, regardless of how things start. Their their kids continue to play hard, you know. Uh, we, we we jumped out, you know, to a fourteen nothing lead, and uh, you know, and ended up coming back, you know, tying it. We went up, you know, and unfortunately, uh, we, you know, like we've done the last first two games, we were we were able to get the the other team's offense to turn it over a few times, the, but the downside was that this time, uh, we, you know, we hadn't really done it much, but we turned it over, you know, two critical turnovers. Uh, well, actually, turnover one was a uh, uh, fourth and one maybe less than one and we had a really bad snap Uh, we we, we had a bad exchange between the quarterback and the center and we i want to say we might have been on the on their 20 or maybe inside the 20 trying to go in the score and uh and and they stopped us on a fourth down and then uh we turned around the next drive and we turned it over coming out of our own end zone and uh you know that's that's the difference uh they they you know they got us to turn it over late and, and they took they capitalized on it, and that was the difference in the game.
0: Uh, Coach, uh, of course, with the uh, some of our area teams also with the inclement weather, uh, were you all delayed by the start of your game at 7 o'clock? Yes,
6: yes. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I think, you know, both teams handled it pretty well. You know, I only had to get up once or twice to go tell kids to sit down, uh, you know, because they, they already answered, they were ready to get started. And, and I've just seen a lot of times where uh, – you know, you know, just mental, the mental energy. You know, kids will kind of wear themselves out before the game even starts. You know, they don't keep still. They're moving around constantly. So, uh, you know, I thought both of us handled that well. And I actually, I talked to the kids about it. Uh, you know, I, I you know, did a lot of reading, you know, through my, my career. I've always been a pretty avid reader of other coaches, other, you know, other leader type, uh, leadership type things. And uh, I told them a couple of weeks ago about how Bill Belichick, he always actually has a practice where at some point in their preseason, he will practice a weather delay. You know, mm-hmm. that he'll, he'll blow the whistle, stop everything, bring everybody inside, and go over their routine of what they're going to do if they ever get some type of weather, weather delay. And, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, uh, Brock Prejean kind of said something after. You know, uh, you know, he thought we handled it pretty well. He appreciated how we stayed in contact the whole time. So we probably started about an hour later. And, uh, you know, we did get a pretty heavy downpour, but with us it was just this constant lightning. Uh, you know, we had to clear the stadium. Uh, but fortunately for us, you know, with the turf field, it, I don't think it had that much effect on the game. Uh, both teams seemed to handle it pretty well. Uh, the turnovers, uh, at least on our part, had nothing to do with uh, with the weather at all. So uh, it's just something that, you know, I, I said it after week one. It was a shame that, some you know, one team had to lose that game because both teams fought so hard. And I think I even mentioned it to you all, you know, I've been on the wrong end of some of those games. And uh, the ERAF game, we, you know, we came out on top. But this one, you know, we didn't. But I still think that, you know, it, it, it makes a good point, you know, when I talk to the kids about how we have to constantly improve and, and just improve our focus because on a couple of the things that, that we ran, at least on offense, I'm not too sure that everybody was really clear on what we were supposed to do. And uh, and it cost us a couple times. So, uh, you know, I'm hoping that that, you know, now that when I talk about it during the week that, you know, they'll kind of pay a little bit more attention because it was, it was a couple of base things that, that we, you know, we have always had in our offense, and uh, and we just didn't execute it the way we should have, and, and I think that would have made a huge difference in the game. So, hopefully, we learn from it, and uh, you know, because again, this week, you know, we have nothing flashy, but a real scrappy, hard-playing team uh, that that we got to play, and actually, on one day less of, uh, of practice because we play on Thursday night this week.
0: And coach, uh, could you uh, tell our listeners what do you expect from uh, North Vermillion uh, this coming uh, week as you travel there to play? And uh, what can uh, your fans expect? Uh, what kind of offense they're going to throw at you? What kind of defense uh, they'll they'll throw at you? Uh, tell our listeners what uh, the Tiger uh, faithful can expect. Yeah,
6: you know, they have a they have a new head coach. Uh, again, it's it's kind of funny how things go in circles you know coach Brett Blakely left North Vermilion you know after they had a, a a surprise you know a really good quarter a nice season last year made it to the quarterfinals he goes to DC so we play him this you know this past week at Vermilion Catholic and now we turn around and play his former team you know with a new head coach but they still have basically the same defense same defensive coordinator uh, coach Mark Broussard. I've been knowing him forever and uh you know it's kind of funny a lot of times you know we we'll, we'll text before the game you know not. You know, or sometimes we'll talk about common opponents. And, uh, you know, so I'll tell them, look, I'll kind of give you a little bit of insight on what I think about this team, but you got to tell me what you're going to line up in when we come on this formation. You know, we kind of just joke around back and forth. The thing about, you know, playing them is that they're really multiple on defense. Uh, they've always been really well coached. I've always thought his defensive line play with great technique. And, uh, again, like I said uh, earlier, they're just a really hard-playing, scrappy bunch. Right? They, they, they get after it. So we're going to have our work cut out for us when we're on offense. My biggest concern is that they're an option team; uh, that they, they, they put in more option uh, type plays on their offense. And you know, even when you have a full week to get ready for it, it just it forces you to play so much discipline, assignment football this early in the year. I'm pretty concerned about it. So I'm hoping that you know our kids can pick up on it. Uh, just like the wing T, it's very hard to simulate in practice. Uh, you know, with your scout team. Uh, those two offenses when you're trying to run it on scout team it just the their assignments are so precise it, it takes much longer in the huddle you know in the scout team huddle uh yesterday was actually a pretty long practice just trying to get those things in they don't run a lot of plays but they do them very well and uh, and again it forces you to be in the right spot and and with high school kids when it's so hard uh for them to put you know just for their eye discipline to make sure they're looking at the right key because you know you, if you get a safety or or, or you know somebody else on the edge looking in the backfield when they're not supposed to they, they can burn you for a big play uh and the other thing that's got me worried they got a really tall receiver they'll run the ball 20 times in a row and 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 where those corners start to go to sleep and then the quarterback will pop up and throw it 40 45 yards down the field
1: Coach, so uh
6: you know go ahead go ahead yeah
1: you know, i was just going to ask you you know they they lost abbeville 22 to 18 and Seems Abbeville has stepped up their game. Uh, is that a fair uh, assumption? I'm sure you got to see a little of that film.
6: Yeah, and, and again, Abbeville, again, they, they have good-looking kids, but, at, but they they are, again, they're they are a pretty disciplined football team. And uh, one of the things that I noticed, I was telling the kids this, Abbeville was probably in six to eight, third and long situations. You know, when I break down all the tendencies and I look at all the different situations, sometimes third and 12, third and 14, and they ran the ball. You know, they, they, they were just more, they, more of a power, you know, to get in the eye and run the ball. And a couple of times they made first downs on running just a simple eye power play. And, uh, and, and I think, with, you know, both teams running the ball as, well, as, as much as they did, they really shortened that game and, and held on to the ball a lot more uh, than, you know, than maybe some other teams would do. And so, uh, you know, again, they got some talent over there in Abbeville. Uh, and, and, you know, so Northern Millions used to play in close games. You know, I think they wanted to double overtime when they played ERAS. Uh So, again, I, I just think it. what I'm kind of concerned about, too, we have about five or six guys that go both ways. They have none. Mm. And, you know, they're a 4A school. They got a lot a lot more depth than we do. Uh, early in the year, it looks like uh, the receiver played some corner. But the last two games, he hasn't played much at all. So that that's going to be a big concern. Uh, you know, we, we're not dealing with the 110-degree temperatures anymore. But still, I'm just you know, can we hold up for four quarters? That that's what you know, it's kind of got me worried too.
0: Anyway, coach, uh, with, with that uh, so far, how's the health of your team and all bumps and bruises? Uh, typically, uh, you know, still doing
6: okay. Uh, you know, we, with those couple kids that we we had out early in the year, we've gotten them back. Uh, but again, you know, from, from day to day, man, we, you get people beat up. You know, one of our best. Uh, two-way guys, and offensive, defensive lineman, kind of got banged up yesterday just in practice. And, you know, hopefully it's nothing really serious and, and we'll have him full speed on Thursday. But, uh, you know, again, it's always a concern, like I said, with our numbers and with so many kids that play both ways. But, but again, fortunately, we're still okay. Uh, with our starters and rotators, we pretty much have everybody, you know, ready, hopefully, it's, you know, nothing happens the next day or two for when we go over there on Thursday.
1: You know, Saturday we talked about it being a Thursday game and how that uh, – Affected your uh, schedule, uh, and, and this isn't the first time. Every year you're playing at least one Thursday game usually. Um, you played a Thursday to open the season, but uh, right. but that was, you know, your first game. You didn't uh, necessarily maybe have to change your schedule too much. But uh, I would imagine a good reaction to it, uh, the, the change. Uh,
6: this, again, this one's a little different, man. And like I said, uh, you know, when it came to ERAS week one, you know, we stayed so based with the scrimmage in the Jamboree that we actually started working on their stuff probably two weeks in advance. So, so the Thursday game wasn't a big deal. This one, it is because again, uh, you know, one less day with, with, with a regular week where you can't work on their stuff ahead of time. And it's just really with that option game, you know, again, you know, you have to have somebody on the dive, you have to have somebody on the quarterback and you have to have somebody on the pitch. And if not, they're going to, you know, they'll bust a long play on you. So, uh, you know, hopefully today and tomorrow we can kind of polish up on it and, and we'll be ready to go on Thursday.
1: Coach, always a pleasure on these Tuesdays. Not doing a Saturday show uh, because of the festival and the children's parade out front here, the noise. But, uh, again, uh, appreciate you joining us on these Tuesdays. We'll check in with you next Tuesday as
6: well. Sounds good, man. Thank you all very much. Y'all have a good week. You appreciate too. Good it. luck, Coach. Appreciate
1: it. Uh, as always, uh, again, they are on the road at North Vermilion Thursday night.
0: Yeah, that's are. so uh, high school football, uh, you know, in uh, full gear. And, you know, it seems it goes so quickly with these 10 games in the playoffs. Uh, each year, just wow, it just seems like it flies by. Anyway, in the meantime, uh, here on Bayou Sports, uh, just uh, got some more NFL to talk about a little bit and uh, just surprising uh, some of the numbers in the first two weeks with the uh, course of the teams playing against each other uh, throughout the course of the uh, year with the interdivisions along with the uh, conference play and all but uh, also uh, some college information Uh, just about time to take our next break too you're listening to Bayou Sports here on a big Tuesday September the 19th Uh, we've got a lot more to talk about Uh, stick with us we'll be right back
1: to to answertopain.com.
3: Why are interscholastic sports called the last classroom of the day? Because they teach students important life lessons like teamwork, accountability, and perseverance. School sports are so much more than a game. They're about developing the whole person. That's why they're an essential part of every student's education. Encourage your student to participate in the last classroom of the
5: day. Interscholastic sports in Louisiana. This message presented by the
3: LHSAA. And the Louisiana High School Athletic Directors Association. Now back to Bayou Sports. Phone lines are open to talk sports at
0: 367-1240. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on a big Tuesday, September the 19th. And, uh, you know, uh, the NFL, uh, through the first two weeks of the NFL season, uh, believe it or not, one conference is running circles around the other one. It's not the one you most would have expected uh, by the numbers. The NFC is currently six and zero against the AFC and the NFC East. The Cowboys, Eagles, and Commanders, along with the NFC South, the Saints, Falcons, Buccaneers, each have more undefeated teams than the entire AFC, which is just the Ravens and the Daltons. And for the context, the seven and 2-0 teams in the NFC and the six listed above uh, uh, plus the 49ers are the most ever in the eight-division era since 2002. Meanwhile, the AFC's two and 2-0 teams are tied for the fewest since during uh, 2012 AFC, the 2018 NFC, and the 2021 AFC. So, shocking start, and one of the biggest storylines entering the season was uh, how much better the AFC looked on paper with seven of the top ten teams by preseason Super Bowl odds and uh, seven of the top uh, ten quarterbacks, according to uh, most preseason rankings, and Part of the reason for the AFC's uh, uh, of uh, the Darth of the 2 O teams is that many of those quarterbacks, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, uh, Trevor Lawrence, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, have uh, underperformed. In fact, after the offseason spent discussing the incredibly uh, wide quarterback talent between the AFC and the NFC, It's the NFC that has eight of the top 10 signal callers by the quarterback ratings right now. So uh, between the lines, well, uh, the AFC uh, 6-0 interconference record is uh, definite. uh, And they've clearly had the upper hand so far in head-to-head gains. But looking at uh, the number of undefeated teams in each conference, uh, that may not actually tell us what we think uh, it does at first glance. So on the one hand, the NFC having seven two and O teams compared to just two in the AFC would seem that suggests that the NFC has been the be- better conference through two weeks. On the other hand, it could also just mean that the NFC is top heavy with more bad teams <laughs> for its best teams to beat up on, and that uh, the AFC is actually the deeper, better conference with uh, fewer easier wins to come by. Meanwhile, uh, since the NFL expanded to thirty two teams in O two, the AFC has a slight advantage over the NFC and head to head matchups. It's uh seven oh five to six seventy one with six ties and the AFC has also won more Super Bowls in that time. They won twelve out of the twenty one, though the NFC holds uh the all time edge but only by a game twenty nine to twenty eight. So uh interesting uh Jeff. Uh and of course a lot of these as with the Saints They've basically uh, played one AFC team and uh, one division team in Carolina with the game last night. So uh, uh, we'll see how that all looks uh, with regards to the season. Still have uh, 15 games left to play, and a lot can happen. Yeah, yeah I was
1: going to say. Um, yeah,
0: even though, uh, like I mentioned, uh, you know, the, the quarterbacks in the uh, AFC right now, the young quarterbacks, uh, have top-heavy uh, with that. Of course, the NFC uh had a run at that for many, many years, having the best quarterbacks. But uh, as uh, teams finish 4-13 uh, and uh, 13 and 2-15, uh, and 15, you tend to get uh, better draft picks down there. So uh, we'll see how that all comes into play. But uh, as of right now, uh, pretty interesting in that regard. Of course, in um, – Major League Baseball last night, as you mentioned, uh, you know, with Wainwright, as I mentioned. Wainwright getting his 200th victory and in that, of course, Major League Baseball with about, uh, what, about a dozen games remaining. I think uh, the Cubs
1: have 12 left. They were off last night.
0: And, uh, of course. uh, Of course, they were
1: off all weekend.
0: That they were. That they were uh, with that. But the Cubs... uh, They'll be at home against the Pirates, who are.
1: They they really need to be strong in these three games against the Bucks because they've got, uh, I think, a series at San Francisco, uh, a series at Milwaukee. uh they need to be strong here against Pitt.
0: Yeah, uh, and I, you know, I hate to tell you this, but I, I think you're going to be a Cardinal fan for the next three nights no, or three days.
1: Like I said, I was happy <laughs> for two things. I was happy to see Wainwright get that 200th win, but even happier that uh, they beat the Brewers.
0: Yeah, one nothing on a home run by a former Cub. So maybe he had a little... Uh, Contreras? Uh, oh, yes. He hit Excellent. the only, hit the only uh, run of the game, a home run, right down the left field line, too, in that regard. So uh, in the meantime, big game as I mentioned, the Cardinals take on uh, the Brewers in St. Louis tonight for the next three days. I think it's two night games and an afternoon game Thursday. Meanwhile, over in the uh, uh, other league games of importance, uh, you know Cincinnati's right there too, Jeff. Uh, they they're they're yeah. at home against Minnesota. Of course, the Mets at Miami. That's that's another uh, team fighting it, trying to get into that wild card mood. Tampa Bay takes on the Angels. Of course, Otani has been, uh, uh, I should say, uh, they've uh, relegated him. Uh, he is, he's done for the year, it looks like. But looks like also the favorite to uh, win the MVP in the American League for the second time in three years. Also, Toronto will be at the Yankees. They're trying to hang on, but it uh, doesn't look good. Uh, other big games Philadelphia at Atlanta. Uh, of course, Philadelphia is about 14 games behind uh, Atlanta. Uh, Atlanta's got the division locked up. Uh, other games of note, uh, Pittsburgh comes to uh, to Chicago to friendly confines and uh, to take on the Cubs uh, with that. Uh, also, Boston's at Texas, Baltimore, and Houston. That That's a big series, too. Baltimore last night won late uh, on a three-run homer, I think, in the top of the ninth to down the Astros, 8-7. to seven, uh, With that, uh, also uh, other games of importance uh, right now, San Francisco trying to battle uh, – Arizona, they're they're in the thick of it, too, and Detroit takes on the Dodgers uh, with that. But uh, in Major League Baseball right now, of course, Baltimore and Tampa Bay are both qualified for the playoffs in the AL East, uh, in the central, the white Sox in Kansas city have been eliminated, but Minnesota still has a seven game lead over the guardians of Cleveland. And they should hold on to that elsewhere out West of course, the Astros with a one and a half game lead over Seattle and Texas. And, uh, they're battling the Orioles who have basically won the pressures off, uh, with that. But, uh, Tampa base two and a half back of Baltimore. So, uh, Astros, uh, Right at uh, what 17 games above 500, they're four and six in their last ten. They lost last night, as I mentioned, on a three-run jack uh, by the Orioles uh, to lose eight to seven. Over in the National League, as we mentioned, uh, 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 the Atlanta has uh, captured that division. They're 14 up over Philadelphia. Philadelphia trying to fight it out of a wild card. Uh, with that, uh, Milwaukee has a six-game lead on the Cubs. Uh, of course, like you mentioned, the Cubs are struggling right now. They've lost five in a row. Uh, they're 2-8 and eight in their last 10 uh, with that. Cincinnati uh, are tied with uh, the Cubs, so uh, they're battling it out. Meanwhile, out west, the Dodgers have clinched the division. Uh, Arizona, along with uh, the Giants, who have an outside shot, uh, trying to get into that wild card. Uh, of course, the National League, uh, they've got uh, pretty much one, two, three, four, five, six teams fighting it out. Of course, Philadelphia has a four-plus game lead uh, over that. Arizona is uh, – a half a game ahead of the Cubs in Cincinnati, with uh, Miami a half game back of the Cubs in Cincinnati. Along the t-
1: Cubs, uh, two games less than the Reds. Uh, and you, you mentioned statistically they're tied. Yes. But uh, they've got those two games in hand uh, that they can uh, pick up wins with.
0: And I'm also a big believer in uh, yes. you can't make up a loss. And they're one loss. Cincinnati has one more loss than the Cubs. You can always make up a win, but as crazy as it sounds, you can't make up a loss in that regard. So uh, Major League Baseball, uh, uh, just uh, getting down to the last of it. So uh, with that, uh, anyway, uh, just uh, uh, other info on the uh, Major League Baseball. So uh, we'll see how that all pans down in the next, uh, I guess, uh, two weeks. As a season, I think, plays one or two games in October. Just the first. The first, okay. Sunday of the first. Okay, uh, with that. So, uh, anyway, in the meantime, uh, uh, just uh, we'll see how it all blends out uh, with that. So, anyway, you mentioned yesterday, too, about uh, uh, Tampa Bay, uh, Tropicana Field on opening day this season uh, with the crowds uh, just not going through it. But it looks like they're going to stay there after years of relocation rumors. The half-baked plan is to share the team uh, between two cities where the Rays appear uh, to be staying put. Of course, the team is expected to announce—I think today—today today. Today yeah, we expect that. Yeah, that uh, finalized a deal to build that new stadium in downtown St. Petersburg near the current home, of Tropicana Field. So. Yes,
1: yesterday I said, "Boy, I hope." I, I saw the term "domed stadium" and I thought, "Gee, I hope they mean retractable," but it is going to be a fixed-roof stadium, and I don't get it other than uh, the cost savings.
0: Yeah. yeah. It's, um. it's
1: really disappointing because y- you get a lot of decent weather in uh, Tampa. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it gets just like here. It gets hot and humid in the summertime. I get why they would want to close the roof every once in a while. They, they're they Gulf Coastal. Uh, they get those afternoon showers just like we do. Uh, yeah, I get uh, the retractable roof, but, um, but you get so many good days in April, May, and in September. It's just a shame to have a, a fixed roof. And, yeah. and again, we've been talking about the artificial turf issues. Right. Uh, you know, again, uh, I'm sure they want to use it for other purposes as well, concerts and other events. But um, I just hate to see uh, dome stadiums in baseball.
0: But you know, for a billion two, you think they could find a way to get in a retractable roof? for a bit 1.2 billion dollars but in a 30,000 seat venue. Yeah. That's a, just a shade small. I could see 3840, you know, uh maybe some standing room area and all, but uh anyway, it's going to be paid for by a combination of the team, the city and the county. So the plan is to have it ready for the 2028 season and uh A 30-year lease that they have right now expires in 2027. So, uh, anyway, a stadium worthy of its club. Part of the baseball charm is the uniqueness of each ballpark. But there's not much charming about the Tropicana. No,
1: it's, it's about the ugliest
0: facility. Yeah, and I, I mean, it, it's
1: uglier than the Metrodome, and that was a pretty ugly place. It really well, yeah.
0: was. It was. And then uh, when it opened in 1990, it's always been ranked among Major League Baseball's worst. Stadiums with a capacity of just 25,000. It's also the smallest, so the Rays' new home is expected to em- yield increased revenue thanks to higher attendance and more sponsorship deals, which should uh, theoretically lead to a higher payroll. The Rays have consistently churned out winning seasons on a shoestring budget and what this franchise uh, looked like once those shackles are released. Uh, who knows? Uh, anyway, looking back in July, Major League Baseball Commissioner Bob, Rob Manfred said he planned to explore expansion once the Rays and A's resolved their stadium issues. Course, with Tampa Bay getting a new dig and uh, Oakland likely headed to Las Vegas, the race could be on for Nashville, Salt Lake City, Portland, other expansion candidates to make their case for a new team. So, uh, with that. As we mentioned about the New York Times shutting down, of course, the athletic, which the Times bought uh, last year for um, uh, almost a a little over half a billion dollars, uh, will produce a majority of the sports uh, papers, sports coverage starting uh, today, both in print and online. Anyway, uh, just strange to think that uh, this has been. The worst summer for New York teams, uh, one of the columnists wrote in a farewell edition he created. He said the Yankees stink. Uh, the Mets stink. The Mets' ownership quit on the team and uh, its fans. And the New York Times is shutting down its sports department. So, anyway, I mentioned about uh, Ohtani, uh should earn his second MVP award, but uh, he's basically been shut down. Uh, no, he has been. Uh, yeah. I mean, and, there's,
1: there's no doubt about it. Uh, yeah he cleaned did out his locker Friday night they
0: did I did see that I did see that uh, with that but you know his, his war was 10.1 uh, above replacement and it's just the 14th time this century that a player has uh, finished with over a 10 war of course Barry Bonds Back in 01 and 02, uh, Pedro Martinez, uh, Mookie Betts, Randy Johnson, Bonds, again, Aaron Judge, Mike Trout did it twice, Alex Rodriguez uh, with the top 10. So uh, anyway, he's been worth it. Uh, Also on this day, uh, just a little uh, clear up and we head to our next break on this day. September 19th, 1947, uh, the incredible Jackie Robinson won the uh, uh, the initial Rookie of the Year award for all the bias he had to put up with that mm. year. As Branch Rickey told him, you're going to have to just uh, keep quiet, keep your arms folded, and uh, let's play baseball. And uh, he adhered to that uh, But the late, great Jackie Robinson 76 years ago today. Today won the inaugural. I don't award. believe it's been that long. Yeah, Rookie of the Year award. Uh, hit two ninety seven that year. Led the league in stolen bases with twenty nine, and was the first of eighteen Dodgers to win the Rookie of the Year award. Seemed in
1: the seventies and early eighties, yeah. it was always the Do- and you know the Dodgers
0: kept winning too. Yeah, they did, and uh, the only team close to them, uh, the Yankees, have uh, had twenty Rookie of the Years, but they divided that award sometime in the 50s, where it was just one rookie of the year, uh, whether it be the American League or the National League, the late great. Probably with expansion. Yeah, and the late great Alvin Dark, former LSU product, won the second rookie of the year award back in 1948. So, uh, anyway, he had a lasting uh, uh, cast on the Giants. Anyway, with that, time to take our next break. You're listening to Bayou Sports here on a Big Tuesday, September the 19th. We'll be back with more along with today in sports history right after this.
2: I'm Lander and I'm tired of seeing Louisiana fumble away good paying jobs to our neighbors across the Sun Belt. That's why I'm running for State Representative of District 49 because bringing opportunity back to Louisiana is a touchdown for all of us. As your next State Representative, I will work hard to expand vocational training programs so that all of our people can have the tools to succeed. I am Jacob Landry, and I am a proven job creator. All I need is your support and your vote. Paid for by the Jacob Landry for Louisiana campaign.
3: Hi, this is Boxcar am inviting you to join me and PGA Golf professional Teddy Sliman for Chip Shots. Mondays from 5 to 6 p.m. We'll take an in-depth look at the local, state, and national golf scenes, and we invite you to chip in with your calls at 367-1240.
0: Chip Shots is sponsored by golfballs.com and our local golf clubs eagle ridge Kane row and sugar oak
3: so let's make a tea time for 5 p.m on mondays for chip shots on cane dream us live on cane 1240.com and catch the podcast the next day now back to bayou sports on the all-new cane 1075
0: anyway welcome back to bayou sports here on a big uh, tuesday september the 19th and uh just uh amazing you know uh you know, he was there have been 17 or 18 Dodgers counting Jackie Robinson to win the Rookie of the Year. And believe it or not, uh, the, the names are quite familiar, just about all of them with me. I can't say everyone, but Don Newcomb won it in 49. Great pitcher. Joe Black in 52. Junior Gillum, who played many years with the Dodgers uh, out in Los Angeles, also was a Rookie of the Year. Frank Howard in 1960. Jim LaFever, uh, who played uh, second base, a switch hitter. Howard
1: was a rookie in 1960? That's
0: right. Big Frank Howard. Because he
1: seemed so old by the early 70s. Well, he was so big,
0: <laughs> too. Yeah. Mean. I mean, he'd go to bat and he'd, he'd just stand in the batter's box and made the catcher look like uh, uh, goodell uh i mean just he was so small uh anyway uh of course ted sizemore fine second baseman for the dodgers rich sutcliffe who pitched for the cubs for many years was a dodger rookie of the year steve hall who got who seemed like he had more uh, uh allow you to come back and play in the league this year than anybody else i can remember i think mm. four or five times he was suspended of course, the, uh, uh, Fernando Valenzuela in 1981, Steve Sachs. He still can't throw the first base. i got uh, a
1: Steve Sachs story that I <laughs> don't talk about.
0: Anyway, Eric Caros, uh, who played with the uh, Dodgers. Mike Piazza, who ended up with the Mets. Raul Mondesi, uh, I remember him. Hadek, H- Hideo uh, Nomo. Nomo, who threw a no-hitter for the – but Todd Holling, H- Hollingsworth, I, I don't recall that much with he – uh, with the Dodgers. Yeah, back in 96, he won it. Corey Sager, 2016, and Cody Bellinger, who's now with the, uh, with the Cubs, uh, were Rookies of the Year back in 16 and 17. So, uh, interesting in that regard uh, with that. Anyway, uh, with that, of uh, course, uh, big game tonight, Major League Baseball, on TBS, the Phillies at the Braves. And looking ahead, the league, uh, championship league will group uh, – Anyway, uh, we'll see how that come into play. Of course, poor Nick Chubb, who will miss the rest of the season after severing a brutal knee injury uh, last night and was the third-highest drafted running back in uh, fantasy football leagues this year. And the other two basically uh, are, are players that, uh, that Christian McCaffrey, everybody knows, Austin Eckler with the Chargers. And I think he's going to miss a couple weeks or a game or two. Uh, he's got an injury with the Chargers right now. Uh, for that, so uh, anyway, uh, injuries coming into play uh, in the league right do now, them. and uh, you gotta have some depth. Jamal Williams, I- I'm wondering where he's going to stand right now too. I understand he went out the game last night. That's why Tony Jones was carrying the ball a little bit uh, for the Saints. So uh, we'll see how that's all going to come about. Anyway, today in sports history, here on Big September 19th, way back in 1879. Thomas Ray. You're going, who's Thomas Ray? Well, he becomes the youngest to break the world track and field pole vaulting record. You ready? 11 feet, 2.5 inches. While well, yesterday, uh, over the weekend, I should say, uh, Mondo de Planis went 20 feet, 5.5 inches to set the new world record. Wow. Anyway, almost a foot difference over a period of uh, 140 years. Also, in 1911, 11 baseball games were canceled uh, due to the funeral of uh, President William McKinley, who was assassinated. He lasted for, oh, a a few days, but uh, didn't hang on. Meanwhile, on this date, 1931, Lefty Grove wins the 30th game of the season with a 2-1 win over the White Sox. Elsewhere, as I mentioned on this day, Jackie Robinson, the 1947 Rookie of the Year in Major League Baseball. Also on this day, 1955, uh, Ernie Banks hits his record fifth Grand Slam of the season. Uh, A record, I think, uh, might be six now Grand Slams hit in one year. Elsewhere on this date, 1968, Denny McLean wins his 31st game and Mickey Mantle hits his 535th home run on this date, 1968. Also on this date, 1973, Frank Robinson uh, the Angels outfielder home was in a record 32nd Major League ballpark. He hit his home run in Arlington Stadium against the Rangers. Also on this date, the National League refuses to allow San Diego Padres to move to Washington, D.C. Forgot about that, that they wanted to move them back to Washington.
1: I, I, I still remember it so well. Because uh, Glenn Beckert baseball card, he had been traded to the Padres uh, in the off season, and in the printing of their baseball cards, they uh, had Glenn Beckert playing for Washington NL, Washington National <laughs> League, in a Cub uniform.
0: It was it was uh, special, amazing. Yeah. The tops baseball cards. Yep, yep. Anyway, on this date, nineteen eighty two, the Saints get their first road shutout in the history of the team, beating the Bears ten nothing. Also in this date, 1989, the appeals court restores the America's Cup to the United States after the New York Supreme Court gave it to New Zealand. Of course, New Zealand protested the U.S. use of a catamaran, not the uh, long uh, sailboat ships that we used for 150 years. Elsewhere in this date, in 1992, Barry Bonds joins Willie Mays and Howard Johnson and Ron Gant as having two 30 Homer, 30 Steel Seasons in Major League Baseball. Also in this date in 1992, the demolition begins of JFK Stadium in Philadelphia. It was built in 1926 as the uh, Sesquicentennial Stadium, also known as Municipal municipal Stadium. It hosted uh, the Tony-Dempsey fight, uh, also 41 Army-Navy football games. Uh, The Beatles, the Stones, the victory rallies for the Flyers, and Major League Baseball Phillies, and the U.S. Portion of the aid. live aid was uh, done there. Also in this date in 2000, Ken Griffey Jr. pinch hits and hits his 400th home run, uh, the first major league to reach a mark as a pinch hitter like that. Also in this date no four, Oakland Raider wide receiver Jerry Rice ends his streak, and that's a record I don't think will ever be broken, of 274 consecutive games with a reception in a 13-10 to victory over the Buffalo Bills. Also in this date in 2004, in the Ryder Cup Golf at Oakland Hills Country Club, Europe retains the cup with an 18.5 to 9.5 victory uh, over the U.S. team. It's the largest margin ever by a European team in the history of the event. Also in this date in 2017, Major League Baseball record for most home runs in a season as 5,694 were hit by Alex Gordon of the KC Rawls. He ended up help breaking the record uh, with that. And uh, they probably be, they broke it again, I think, in 2019. Also on this date, birthdays on this date, uh, uh, the Duke Snyder was uh, born on this date, 1926, Hall of Fame outfielder with the Brooklyn Dodgers. And uh, the last couple of years with the uh, Dodgers out in L.A., also played with the Mets. He was born in L.A., California, and uh, he never – would wear black and orange uh, for Halloween because it reminded him too much of the Giants team. Also born on this date, uh, the great uh, discus thrower for the U.S. Our Honor, born on this date, 1936, won the discus in the Olympics in 56, 60, 64, and 68, born in Astoria, New York. Also, little Joe. Joe Morgan, born on this day, in 1943. Of course, Joe Morgan, a broadcaster and MVP twice in the National League, uh, passed away on this date. Uh, or should uh, Born on this date in 43, passed away in 2020 uh, with that. Deaths on this Day, uh, Jake LaMotta passed away on this day back in 2017. Of course, the boxer, middleweight uh, world champ uh, from 49 to 52, immortalized in raging bull the movie he passed away he was 95 years of age when he died back in 2017 also passing away on this date probably one of the greatest base dealers in uh major league baseball maury wills passed away on this day back in uh 2020 of course a seven-time all-star mvp in 62 when he stole 104 bases for the dodgers and but they didn't make the world series as a as the Giants beat them two out of three in a playoff back in uh, 62. Also, the quote of the day, I'll go back to Jake LaMotta. He said, my nose was broken six times, my hands six times. I've had 50 stitches over my eyes, but the only place I got hurt was out of the ring. (laughs) If you can believe that. Jake LaMotta, great movie, too, with Robert De Niro playing the late, great Jake LaMotta. Anyway, Jeff, uh, that's a
1: little c- problematic life. Uh, the oh, Jake. I mean, yes. Yeah.
0: Uh, what was the girl that played in the movie with him? Moriarty. I can't remember her first name. Kathy Moriarty. Yeah, she was yeah. 20 years old in that movie, yeah. if you can believe that or not. Anyway, today in sports history, Jeff, on this a big Tuesday, September 19th.
1: Once again, big thanks to our guest today, Louisville head coach Terry Martin. And uh, tomorrow on the show, we'll be joined by head coaches Rick Hudson at. Highland Baptist, Artie Lioza at Delcum. And, of course, we thank our sponsors, including Cane Road Dol- Golf and Turf Club, L.A. Classic Riffing, Jacob Landry, candidate for State Rep District 49, Cane Road Golf and Turf Club, I think I mentioned them, the Headache and center, Center, Schwing Insurance Agency. Again, appreciate their support of Bayou Sports